honest about who you are. Like, for example, I'm not funny. I can try, but I'm not funny. But I'm honest about that, right? And with that honesty comes acceptance. Accept who you are. And go further than just accepting who you are, but be prideful and be unapologetic, right? Allow yourself to be yourself without policing, without fear of judgment. What is this person going to think? What are my students going to think? What is the admin going to think? You got to put all those thoughts to the back and be you unapologetically, right? Without fear of judgment or any of those things. And this is so important, especially as an educator, because if you don't know yourself, you cannot be an effective educator. It's impossible. We talk a lot about wanting to create spaces where students can feel free, so they can be themselves, so they don't have to check off places, pieces of themselves at the door before they get through the metal detector. We, we talk a lot about wanting to create these spaces, but how can we create spaces where we want students to be unapologetic and authentic when we're not being unapologetic and authentic? If we don't know who we are and we're not coming into the classroom with who we are, how can we create these spaces? It's impossible, it does not exist, right? So in order for us to want to create these spaces for our students, we need to demonstrate that ourselves. We need to be unapologetic teachers, right? We need to model that. So when I come into the classroom, I'm unapologetically myself all the time, right? And sometimes I have internal conflicts, right? I feel like a lot of me on learning, a lot of my learning to not be myself or to apologize for who, for who I am has come from my K-12 experiences, right? I've always been told to tone it down, to check the way that I'm speaking, to like tone it down a little bit, right? Don't be so loud, don't be so aggressive. That's the favorite word. And I've learned this, not from my, my peers, but from the teachers that I've interacted with, from the policies that the school created. And now as an educator, when I'm stepping into spaces of K through, 12, K, through 12, K through 12 spaces as an educator and not like a, as a student, sometimes I am triggered. Sometimes my automatic reaction is to go back to being the student that K through 12 taught me how to be. But I push back against that. And part of the reason why I push back against that because is because my learning through that has made me the teacher that I know I'm able to be now. So for example, I love getting my nails done. I love having long lashes. I love wearing Jordans. You'll never catch me in school wearing flats or heels. I'm always wearing J's. And that's who I am. That's who I've always been, right? So when I'm in the classroom, I bring that version of myself with me. And that's helped me a lot because now I'm more comfortable. I'm not thinking about, is this professional? Are these lashes too long? Are my nails too long? Should I be wearing maybe some slacks instead of these jeans? No, so now I feel more comfortable doing what I do and I can focus on what I'm doing and not having this conflict of, of how I look and who's accepting me and who's judging me. So that's one. I'm more comfortable and I'm more confident. Confident teachers are everything. And then two, I'm teaching my students, especially my black and brown students, especially the black girls sitting in my classroom, that they can be who they are and still be professional. I can walk into this classroom with this shaved blonde hair, long hair, long nails and eyelashes and still be professional and still be the top of the game, right? So when I'm walking into classrooms being myself, I don't only do it for myself and for my own confidence, but I do it for my students. And that pushback has helped me to build relationships with my students, right? So me coming into the classroom with my J's has been able to start so many conversations with some of the kids in my class. Hey, Miss V, you got those little 12s? Oh, I couldn't get them this time. 
Or, Missy, let me see what your nails look like today. Oh, you pick blue? I love that. And those conversations might seem unimportant, might seem middle school, but at the end of the day, it's teaching my students something. First of all, it's teaching them that I'm a human being. They have spent so many years in so many classrooms talking to teachers who are robots, who have no personality, who are no, like one plus one is two. They spend so much time doing that. So when I'm able to open up and have these conversations with them, even if they're two seconds, two minute conversations, it's telling them that I'm a human too and not a robot. And also telling them that I care about their opinions. And I think that they're, some, they're worth talking to, right? Not just about math and science and whatever, but they're worth talking to about who I am in my personal life, right? And also it's telling, it's telling them that I trust them. It's building this level of trust between me and my students. I trust you enough to tell you why I decided to get my nails blue today. I trust you enough to tell you that I missed the raffle on those, on those ones last week and it made me upset, right? So, and when we have those conversations, they open up back to me. So when I'm opening up being myself authentically, my students do that back, they pour that back into me, right? And building this level of trust is so important, right? Because if you wanna be a teacher that teaches radical ideas, quote, radical, because most of them are really just human rights and common sense. But if you wanna teach these students radical ideas or learn with them and go through these and question, teach them to question and teach them to challenge thoughts, you need them to trust you. If I want to teach my kids that Columbus did not discover America, but for years they have been learning that Columbus discovered America, they need to trust me enough to know that what they learned, what they were already learning is not true. Because now I'm coming to them with new, with new information. They need to trust me and trust what I'm saying. It's not they're going to trust that repetitive experience and repetitive learning that they've been learning, right? So that trust is so important because if I want to teach them to challenge ideas, if I want to teach them to go on and be the leaders that they, they need to be, I need to be able, they need to trust me and what I'm, what I'm saying, my advice that I'm giving them, right? And also trust is so important, especially when you're working with black and brown kids because a lot of the time, and this is the truth for me, you don't have teachers in schools that you feel like you can go to. Now, when I open up with my students and I'm myself and I'm talking to them and they're talking to me and we're building this relationship, this level of trust, they can come to me. They have a teacher in this school that they can trust and come to with, when things get hard. And that is so important because we're not here just to teach kids that two plus two equals four. We're here to fully nurture them, right? To take care of them, to love them. So how can I, I need to create this space where they can be themselves, where they can trust me, where they can feel protected. So what does that look like? If you are going into the classroom and you're like, okay, how can I be myself today? You've already failed. That's already unauthentic. If you have to sit down and plan how you're gonna be you, that's unauthentic. You need to just lean into it naturally. And yes, there are ways that you can incorporate who you are into the classroom. Like, for example, I teach my kids how to step. I've been stepping since third grade. And we use step as, as um, brain breaks. We use it on Fun Friday, and I incorporate that in the classroom. Another example, I go hard for the Bronx, BS every day, right? And I, I build that into curriculum. Curriculum says that we need to talk about how, uh, for example, uh, location influences people. Right? All right, bet. We're going to talk about the Bronx and the development of hip-hop. Hip why did, why was the Bronx the birthplace of hip-hop? What circumstances started here that created hip-hop? We're going to talk about that. And my passion, when I put my passion in the things that, 
that are me are important to me into the curriculum, and I see that my kids see that I'm passionate, they become passionate too. They lean in with me. When I'm over here all hype, they get hyped too because they see that I'm passionate and they see that this matters to me, and now it's on turn matter to them. So yeah, we can when we're thinking about how we can bring ourselves into passion, it can look like lessons about the Bronx or lessons about hip hop or whatever the case may be. But it can also look like telling jokes if I'm if I'm naturally funny. It can look like you know being empathetic if I'm a naturally empathetic person. But it shouldn't necessarily be something that you have to think so hard about. When you already possess a knowledge of self, it comes naturally. It flows. It's not forced. It's unscripted. So, honestly, the main thing I want to say is know yourself. Know yourself and accept yourself, right? And then bring that self into the classroom. Use that to your advantage. Lean into that. And then allow your students to be themselves, too. You cannot be an educator who says, I'm going to be unapologetic in the classroom. And then, on turn, give the black girl in the corner detention because she's too loud. When that's who she is. Right? So, we're unapologetic educators. We do so much work. Right? We stop things like the school to prison pipeline by allowing students to be themselves. Black girls are over-disciplined. Not because of 10, because they're being themselves. So, now we're educators who are ourselves, teaching our students to be themselves. And we're not disciplining girls and, and students of color into being somebody they're not. We help, we start to break down this European, uh, Eurocentric vision of schooling and education. We do so much work simply by being ourselves that that's really the first step. Know who you are, lean into who you are, be who you are, and that's it, period, like Cardi B would say, all right? So, yeah, and speaking of Cardi B, if you ever need inspiration about about how to be yourself or where you get when you become yourself, look at hip-hop, right? Most people, the large majority of people in hip-hop are where they are because they are themselves. Everybody who knows me knows I'm a huge Cardi B fan. And the reason why I love Cardi B so much is because no matter what industry changes, she's always herself authentically. She is still the same girl loving hip-hop that she is today when she's talking about when she's teaching people to go vote for Joe Biden. She is still her authentic self. So if you have any inspiration of what it looks like to be yourself and the benefits that that comes with, look at Cardi B, for real. Like, rappers have knowledge that we can learn from too. So, yeah. Now I guess that was a, a lot to take in the process, I'm sure. So, and I haven't even been keeping track of time. My victory is this. Thank you so much, Victoria. Yeah, I don't know. Do we have time to open up for um, thoughts and questions? Or um, Victoria, let's do that. Let's do that as at the end of the cipher when we can wrap everything up and we bring everybody on as a panel. But, girl, you are on fire. I already know. My ideas are flowing, and if I'm a reading teacher. I'm going in next week, and I'm not doing any more reader's theater. I'm doing reader's step. I'm, we're going to figure this out. So you've inspired me. I know you inspired the room. And now up, um, DJ Farrell, we have Trey. Trey Johnson with Pedagogy and Protest. Peace, peace, everybody. What's good? I really just want to say first, give some love 
to Victoria. That was so real. One more time, please put in the chat. But that was so dope. I just, I'm, I keep on getting more and more hype, and I don't even know if I can contain myself for the rest of the day when I'm done with this, but I'm going to try my best. It's probably not going to work. I'm still going to go crazy after this. All right, let's get into this. I got a stream, a, a presentation to share with you real quick. Here we go. I'm going to try to make it real, real fast so that we have time for our next speaker. And my name is Trey Johnson. Welcome to Pedagogy as Protest. I've been teaching for about 11 years now in, Queen, in Queens and in Brooklyn, originally from the Bronx. I teach students. I teach students who teach me. But I also teach Latin American Caribbean studies and African history. I'm also a co-leader for our young men's mentoring group at our school. Brooklyn Prep High School in Brooklyn, what's up? I see you in here. What's good? Look, I have two screens, so if you see me doing this, it's not because I'm trying to see if my kid's trying to sneak into the room. I'm literally just reading the chat, going back and forth. And some of y'all feel me. Some of you teachers know how it is. We have kids who just bust up in the room, and all the Zoom just be in the camera. Hi, who's that? Who's that? Pointing at, yes. I'm going to try not to let that happen. Pedagogy is protest. If you first saw it, you're probably thinking, huh? Oh, okay. Well, let's get into it. Check this out. We've been checking in, we're getting to know each other, and I want to show you this hilarious video about our teacher life, our education life, and what teachers really say when they just start ranting about 2021. And then you can throw in your feelings and your thoughts and your reactions to this. Check this out. Dr. E has has put out for us as pedagogy's protest 
And then how we've been doing it in our classes. I know you've been doing your classes, and I'm going to talk about how I've been doing it in my classes, and even with my school, and with other teachers, and most importantly, just even within my family. Because just a classroom is not the only learning space. And you know what I'm talking about. Check this out. I'm going to show you two clips. This episode's title is so these two clips. Think about this question in your craft. What does protest look like? What does it feel like? And then after that, Dr. E's going to talk about how do we protest. And I'm telling you, you're doing it in your class. You're doing it in your school. And I'm going to talk about how I've been doing it also. Check this out. Using your pedagogy as this episode's title is using your pedagogy as protest. The concept behind that is that pedagogy, the science of teaching and learning, should be about protesting against wrongs that have been done. Done to who? Done to young people. The concept of pedagogy as protest is a part of hip-hop. It's about identifying any instance, any situation, any norm, any curriculum, any standard that does not allow young folks to be fully actualized and utilizing how we teach as a pushback against that thing. You're doing that. You remember when we first got thrown into the house, thrown, take, kicked out of the school because of COVID and we had to adjust to this Zoom distant remote learning. And then if you're in high school, if you had the ex students to turn on the camera and your black and brown students is probably not in some luxury home, if they could just find an empty space or an office, it was probably just really just trying to get something done in a, in, in a quiet space and not be seen and then also not show what's going on in their home. Did you force them to still put on their camera, or did you protest with your admin and district was saying it was just like, listen, you can just keep your camera off, just participate as much as you can. That was your protest. Your protest is happening if you are going against those norms that the institutions and the colleges and teacher programs are telling you to be. Like Dr. E said, don't be that teacher that waits until Christmas to crack a smile. They'll do that. For what? You just missed so many opportunities to build with your students. Don't wait until Christmas to actually share something that's personal about you that can most likely connect with what's going on in the class and possibly even with the content. Or even an opportunity to actually connect with a student one-on-one. Because you might have noticed that they probably have their heart broken. Let's be real. Teenagers are going through love. They're trying to figure it out. Or even just something with their parent and child relationship. Don't hesitate to share something from within yourself. I know back in the day when I was growing up, and I'm 44 years old, so this is like way back in the 80s and 90s. My teachers didn't talk to me about any of that. Nothing. So I couldn't connect with the teachers. So you know what happens after that? You don't connect with the content. You lose your motivation. You kind of just like fly along with everybody else, not really caring. But if you continue to protest against those norms and those standards, and even the curriculum that even the state has probably encouraged you to do because it's a state exam. And you realize, I'm doing this curriculum that has no relevant connection to what my students are going through or what they're living, what they're living like, or even where they're from. I teach Latin American Caribbean history now because our admin heard us, the teachers and the students say, they don't need another year of global history about the Roman Empire and the Greek Empire. With all due respect, any history teachers, I love that stuff. No disrespect. But 
All of our students were Latin American, Caribbean, African descent. So that's what we gave them. And then we also brought it to today so we can show them how this systemic racism is not just here in this country, but in other places. And it's been repeating and repeating, and we just got to stop that. And there's been attempts of stopping that, changing that. And let's continue doing that. Let's make a difference here. You're doing that protest. Here's another way he says how we could protest. Check this out. They ask, you know, not them, what are we protesting against? How do we identify what it is that we're pushing back against? The first step in enacting a pedagogy of protest is doing not just a self-audit through the knowledge itself, but an institutional audit to see what is harming young people. And we don't find out what is harming young people that we're going to push back against until we engage in and with young folks. So you must, in the words of hip-hop, cipher, or in an academic term, cogerative dialogue, engage in conversation with young people about how they're experiencing the teaching and learning experience. Identify from that dialogue what is harming them, what is impacting them negatively, and then through your teaching, work towards pushing back against what is harming young folks. So our pedagogy is protesting against the things that are harming young people as articulated by young people. Just as hip-hop constructs music against what is wrong in the world by experiencing what is going on in the world and pushing back against it. How often do you talk to your students? No, I take that back. How many times do you actually have a real, engaging conversation with your students? Of course, you can do the blanking one, right? Give them a Google form. Find out where they live. What's their favorite movie? Like, what was the last binging show on Netflix they watched? Cool. But then, have that conversation with them when you know their vibe is just not on right now. Catch them in the hallways. Maybe go down to the cafeteria. You can eat the school lunch if you want to, but you don't have to. You can still talk to them and figure out what's going on. Maybe walk into another classroom where they're at and just kind of see what's good with them. But then have that conversation and find out what is actually hurting them. What is actually harming their learning experience? Because like was said earlier, this has to activate their imagination. And if all you do is give them something that they have zero connection to, or has no relevance in their real lives, that imagination will not be activated. That inspiration that they really need to go further in their own search for their identity is not going to happen. Listen, at our school, we reached out to the kids and they told us we want a social justice class. I said, bet, we're going to do that. But we're going to call it current events just to make sure everything's right in programming. But it's social justice. And then they also wanted hip-hop, spoken word, led by one of our guidance counselors. That's great. That's going against protests. How many times do you have a guidance counselor teaching the class? And about hip-hop and spoken word and using that as a tool to express yourself and cope with stress and just... Learn more about what's actually going on within your own communities, even within your own families. We had another class that we created because the admin actually listened to us and reached out to the students and figured out, okay, this is what's harming you. You're not learning about something that's hurting us currently. And race in America was developed. The history of racism. It's just not something new. We was able to give that to them. That's how we protest. Talk to your teachers, talk to your students, and talk to your students again. Engage with them again. 
find that connection with them because there's going to be opportunities for you to build with these young people who want to be heard. You just have to keep on coming at them. Let's keep going. Educators all around this country, all across the country is protesting against one common thing. And when you hear this from Dr. E, you're going to be like, yes, that's yes, yes, I feel that. And then I just want to talk about how we can support each other. Because there's so many more opportunities for us to share experiences that can honestly benefit other educators and most importantly, help our young people enjoy this learning experience. Check this out. The chief thing that we protest against, though, is apathy. It's a culture of apathy that has permeated all schools across this country. And a pedagogy of protest is one that centers emotion and the expression of emotion. Just like hip-hop does. There's no hip-hop track that does not have emotion soaking in it. Like it's not soaking in how you feel and, and, and where I'm from. And, and so what a pedagogy of protest is predicated on is fighting apathy. Right? Being an educator who once they know themselves operates in the classroom Pedagogy as protest centers emotion, an expression of emotion. Ms. Victoria said that, Dr. E said that, and I know all of you feel that. The pedagogy of love is real. I'm not trying to sound like a, uh, like a homework card or be like, you know, you got to love everybody type of mushy stuff. No, that's not what I mean. I mean that the same love that you have for this craft, for this mission that you're on, and the love that you have for the students that are sitting in front of you needs to be at the center of your craft. And when they see this love, they're going to give it back to you. They're going to recognize real. They're going to recognize the confidence. They're going to recognize that this love is actually coming from a genuine place and this emotion is also empathy. These emotions are also being sad sometimes. I don't mean anger. I don't mean disappointment. I come to the table. I come to them and they see my face. They already know what's good. And they also know what's not good. They, they check in with me just like I check in with them. You good, Mr. Johnson? Man, my wife is still mad at me from the weekend. My oldest daughter, 19, don't want to return my text messages, man. What do I, what do I, uh. But I'm here. We're, we're going to do this. And then they give me some advice, just like I give them some, them some advice. That's that protest. That's that protest. You know back in the day teachers wouldn't do that. Some teachers are still stone-faced and just be like, I teach this lesson, deliver this content, and this is what you're going to learn. Yeah, but you know what? After Kobe Bryant died, rest in power last year, when they all came to class, man, I was not, not about to teach about the Cuban Revolution. No. And then it just kept on happening, kept on happening, and COVID happened, and it was just like, we on Zoom, and man, we're just talking about just some real stuff. This is New York City, Brooklyn, son. You remember what happened in COVID last year? You don't want to talk about, listen. How can we support each other? 
It is happening. You probably have your own circle of teachers that you're sharing things with, and, and then you probably even have something else or another network that you're part of and you're sharing with, but I'm telling you, it has to happen even more than that. Listen to my man, Dr. E, on this. Family, we must recognize that to teach in this era, in this season, is to understand that the classroom is not a physical space, but also a digital one. That it's not just a digital space that has particular populations coming to meet with you, but rather that you have an audience that is larger than you could ever imagine. Every teacher in this moment who understands the significance of this work, who carries a hip-hop philosophy, must understand that if pedagogy is protest and protest must be public, then I must have a presence in the public. There is no space for an educator to be timid in this era. Start that blog. Start that podcast. Start that social media page so you can share with folks what is going on in the classroom as it affects young folks, but also have insight into what's going on in the educational landscape that you can provide to the world. A lot of the decisions being made for teachers, about teachers, are from folks who have not set foot in the classroom, who don't understand your everyday experience. You must protest against the colonization of the craft of teaching by putting yourself in the gap to be a part of public discourse and share what you're experiencing, what you know, what you're hearing from young folks. Pedagogy as protest applies to what you share with the world as well. That's it. Slash words, thank you very much. I know I went over my time. But please share your work. Share your positive work. Peace with you. Be safe. Peace, peace, Trey. Um, you know, part of part of this work is we have to allow ourselves, even though you know we create an agenda and we had times. We got to remember that sometimes we got to allow time to go a little bit over. None of this is short work, fast work. It, it is long term. It is long time. It is long work. And I have been waiting for this work. For 20 plus years. I mean, Trey, you just reminded me and, you know, here I am, a, a 51-year-old white woman who just wants to say it. Like, I wish I had more teachers like you around me when I was first starting. Because Chris, Chris and I had a conversation where I remember it's 1994, 1995, and y'all remember um, Tootsie Roll? Hey, hey, let me see your Tootsie Roll. Well, my students taught me how to Tootsie Roll. And we had an assembly. And I'm out there in the middle. And my students circled me. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I can do the Tootsie Roll. And I remember this teacher coming up to me. And she's like, Noelle, how can you be doing this? Don't you see they're just laughing at you? And I was like, what? So, Trey, when you just said you, they need to recognize, there's two, like, you better recognize. Mm -hmm. You better recognize. There's empathy. Recon recognition is empathetic. Like there's, and I remember looking at that teacher saying, I don't know who, who's laughing. No one's laughing at anybody. We are laughing with each other because my students love me and I love them and they love that I'm out there, chubby white woman trying to do the Tootsie Roll looking smooth and that is what hip-hop teacher moves are is about and so between victoria and trey 
I'm I'm in it, and I hope that y'all are seeing this vision, and I hope that you are loving what you do, and that you're loving um, coming into a Saturday, because I wanted a Saturday so that we could have time together, and as we roll into Teach Like an MC, you know, DJ Farrell, if we can have some music to hype up, teaching like an MC, bring that energy. I want everybody hands up, hands up. Welcome Tony to the stage. From the welcome Tony to the stage. Liver we get watching it, the whole and not the half of it. We're casting out the map of it. Protect all of them. Go ahead, Tony. It's in the Peace. Woo! That was what I needed. That was that was what I needed, y'all. Um, peace, everybody. So uh, I, I'm I'm so blessed and thankful to be here, first of all. And uh, from you know what I'm not gonna do, what I'm not gonna do is say. Ooh, I just, I can't, I can't hold a candle to any of that. I'm not going to do that to myself because, you know, we feel that sometimes. Dr. Indem came in and, and, like, crushed the house. Like, he walked in the house and just, like, leveled it. Like, duh. And then, and then Victoria came in and Victoria saw the rubble. And then she was just like, wait, let me just pulverize it into dust. And then Trey came in and Trey was just like, let me just blow the dust away somehow. And it's just like a ghost of a building. So I'm I'm gonna try I'm trying I'm gonna bust the ghost okay that's I'm a, that's that's as much as I can do y'all I'm gonna do it and be me and I I am so fed from what you all have shared so thank you so much um and I'm I'm gonna present let me let me go ahead and uh, present this real quick and then share all right. All right, so I do this with my students. I'm like, you can see it. Give me a thumbs up. Let me just can we get that real quick. Y'all can see my screen. Give me a thumbs up. We good. We good. All right, all right. So we're talking about teaching like an MC, and I'm happy to be in this spot because so much of what has been said uh, is connecting and is has a place in, in what I want to talk to y'all about. Um, so this, this is me. This is me. This is like my background as a person and a teacher. You got my dad up there in the left corner. My pops was a teacher. You got my mom over there in the right corner. She was a teacher, too. They met teaching. In the middle is my mom giving me my diploma when I graduated high school. Um, that's just me and my wife on the, in the lower corner because we met in school, and then we later met as teachers at the same school. And then you got me with my class down there. So um, the last picture, obviously, I figured I was going to be a rapper, right? It was just a... It was just like one plus one, right? That was just an obvious thing I thought I was going to do. Um, but my, my, my folks were really supportive, and the community around me was really supportive. So um, although I thought, right, this was me in like my MCMC days, and I was like, look, this is, this is what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be this is how I use this gift. This is how I use these, these skills. It's supposed to be just to entertain and rock crowds. And now, I, you know, now 15 years deep, I, I have seen over the course of the time that I've been teaching that everything about being an MC, everything that made me a, a decent MC to a good MC, everything that, that, that allows me to MC is it comes out of my practice as a teacher. And so that's why this, this one spoke to me um, especially deeply. 
Uh, so, so just just a, just a, just a bit, right, right, to cover this, we talk, talk about hip-hop in the classroom. It's, it's not just that we play music. I think that's a misconception sometimes. Sometimes when people say hip-hop in the classroom, it's like, oh, yes, we play this song in the morning. That, that's not it, right? So just as like a basic look at what I'm sure a lot of us know, there's these elements of hip-hop culture, a culture, right, where we have MCN, and then we look at like the spoken and the written word. We look at different styles of it the power of our voice, the recognition of how unique it can be. We look at DJing and turntablism, and that's where I always see science. I always see remixing and sampling of ideas which can happen in different places. We see b-boying, we see breakdancing. We talk about, like, like that break is not just movement. Sometimes it's breaking the monotony, right? Sometimes it's breaking what is happening. We need to change kinesthetic learning, exercise, Graffiti, I think, is so beautiful. We talk about things that we see. Public art, right, literally works that change the environment that we're in. And all of that is centered around self-expression, exploration, knowledge of self, community, justice, activism. And now we see where entrepreneurialism plays a part in that, too. And this is one of the things that Dr. M. Dim said. He said, teaching is a performance art. And so I think it's important to, to look at the difference. Some people might see that and think, okay, well, that, you know, I can be an artist, right? But when we say performance art, that's different from just being performative. And so that art piece, I think of that as some of the fundamental things we got to have in there. We need that authenticity because we need to be real, right? As has been said so many times, it needs to be the real us. It needs to be where we're coming from. We need to be coming from a genuine place. Because our students can see that. How many people know that? Right? Our students can see when we are being genuinely us. And that is a big piece of how we can connect to them. The next piece of it is relevance. Is what we're teaching relevant to them? Is it relevant to our community? Is how we teach relevant to them? Is it relevant or are we looking at things that we might need to ignore? Are there some things that, that, that don't matter in the scheme of things, as has been said, and we can say, you know what, maybe we can push this aside and bring a little bit more of this piece into it. It needs to be authentic. We need to have that relevance. And again, we need that truth. There's a lot of untruths. There's a lot of half-truths that are in textbooks, right? There's a lot of half-truths. There's a lot of lies that are weaved into curriculum. And so we need to make sure that what we are giving as we are being our authentic selves, making sure that it is relevant to who and to where and to how we serve, we need to make sure that there is truth in it. And a part of that truth needs to be recognized that it's, it's our true selves. So what perceptions do we have that may not be truthful? How can we change that perception? All of this needs to be in place. This is what we talk about when we're saying this is a performance art. Now, if you're being performative, you My bad, y'all good? We good? There we go. You can, you can show someone something and say, hey, look at me. Right? I just want eyes on me. Um, I, I want some attention. I want you to see something that I'm doing. Look, isn't as good. But is it meaningful? Is it authentic? Is it relevant to who you're trying to reach? And is it truthful? So... The focus here is the MC, right? We look at 
hip hop in its entirety, but we're focusing on the MC here. And I want everybody to think about these questions. You can drop these in the chat. Um, your thought on any one of these. What is an MC? Who is an MC? And what does an MC do? And maybe that will look like you mention your favorite MCs. I would love to see that. I'd love to see some of your favorite MCs. I would love to see some of the skills that you, you think MCs possess. Oh, I see, okay, I see some names. I feel like I have people in this room right now. I have people all over the Zoom right now because I'm feeling y'all. These are deep questions, too, right? Because when we think about an MC, I love it. I love, I love the I'm an MC. Yes. Oh, we're talking about my people now. Y'all mentioned all the people that inspire, uh, that in inspire me. And thinking about who they are, thinking about what they do um, is essential if we're going to teach like an MC. Oh, this is deep. Okay. So now, uh, you might be familiar with some of these. You might be familiar with some of these. When I think of what is an MC, these three moments really come to mind. Okay? So the first one, rest in peace, rest in power, Earl Simmons, DMX. This is the man himself in front of 300,000 at Woodstock 99. Anybody else there? Y'all can raise your hand. I can't see you, though. I remember being there, Woodstock 99. That was my, my senior year of high school. Yes, I'll date myself. My senior year of high school, I remember being there in the crowd, seeing DMX over this, like, ocean of people. And DMX, I could see him on the stage really tiny, but I also saw him up on the, on the screen. I just remember thinking, he's not doing this with a band. He had a DJ. And it was him out front on the stage, running back and forth, getting everybody hyped up. I don't know if you can see it there, like... He had hands in the air when he wanted them there. He had them moving when he wanted them moving. He had the energy completely flowing. It was, it, was, it was incredible to witness. That's an MC. That's an MC. It might not be 300,000 in front of you, right? It may be 200-something folks in a Zoom, right? Or 20. Or it may be a couple of students in front of you in the classroom if you're hybrid. And then you have a couple of students that are, that, are, that, are, that are virtual as well. But what he did as a storyteller, as a performer, is he captivated them. He captivated them and he had them doing what he was looking for. He needed that energy. He got it from them because he gave it out. He put it out. That's what an MC is. In the middle, I don't know if anybody watches battles. I don't know if anybody's on the battle scene. I'm heavy into the battle scene. Um, this is a battle between a guy named Hitman Holla and John John the Don. And so to paint the scene for you real quick, you can see like the lights are bright. Imagine it's, it's thick in there, right? This is, a, this is a packed house. This is the main event. So there's a lot of commotion, a lot of commotion, people moving back and forth. And Hitman Holla decided to go first. And I, gotta, I, gotta, I want to get this right, but this is what he said when he went up there. He said, before I prove why I'm way better, I figure I can help you. This is the round where I show and prove. This is the round where I mold and groom. Pause, right? He stopped for a minute. He said, you hear that? And the whole room was silent. Like, you hear a pin drop. Had his opponent looking around like, you hear that? I ain't even rhyme yet. I'm already teaching you how to control the room. And that got a massive, massive, massive shout and applause because what he did was he stopped the place. 
So we look at DMX controlling folks in one way. We look at Hitman Hollow controlling the room off of expectation. People wanted to hear what he had to say. How do we make it so that our students want to hear what we have to say? It's not going to happen if what we have to say is not relevant to them. It's not going to happen if we're not being our authentic selves. It's not going to happen if we keep feeding them what's not true. And so the last cat here, this is Supernatural. Can we get some love in the chat for Supernatural? Anybody, anybody know what's up with Supernat? Supernat is a freestyle legend. He is an absolute legend. And I put Supernat here because one of the aspects of being an MC is to be able to improv. And if you have ever tried freestyling, right, even if you've tried having a conversation and sometimes you've gotten stuck and like, I, I don't know what else to say. I'm sitting across this person, I can't think. You would marvel at Supernat's abilities because Supernat keeps it going. He's thinking up complex rhyme schemes, metaphors, all the craft moves, and he can do this for minutes. And so all of these are like superpowers to me. So this is a question for the chat. Which of these superpowers do you possess? Are you, are you controlling a crowd in your classroom? Do you see yourself doing that? Can you focus and be the attention grabber? Like Hitman Hollow, like can you silence that room? Or are, are you good at improv? Can you just go off and just know where you need to be? Are any of these your superpower? And is any of these a superpower that you want? That's a question for you. Who is an MC? I don't know if some of y'all know this track. This is from my favorite MC, period, KRS-One. Who am I, the MC? When you need a lyrical leader with oratorical triple features. Who am I, the MC? When you need to rock a 3,000-seat arena, best believer. Who am I, the MC? When you need to get the word on the street with demeanor. Who am I, the MC? Right? That's who we are. That's who we are, folks. When we are the MC in that classroom, we are the leader. Right? We are the leader and we're controlling a crowd with our words. We're controlling our crowd with our connection to the community. That's what I love that he says, right? You need to get the word on the street with demeanor. That means there is a connection between you and the community wherever you teach. Maybe you don't live in that community, but you need to have a connection to that community. And so all of that is within a couple of bars. Right? Shout out to Chris. Uh, what does an MC do? Yassine Bay, right? Formerly Mosef, I MC, which means I must cultivate the earth straight back, straight facts, heartbeats, and hard work. This is, we're, we're doing work for the future. We're doing work for the future. When you cultivate, you're making things ready to continue to get better and better and better. Right? We're preparing. We're making things better. So, so this is an act of faith when we're teaching. We are showing the future, like, look, we, we got it. We got it. We're going to make sure that you are in a place that you need to be. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're trying to do. When we, when we are emceeing as teachers, we're, we're cultivating. Now, what do teachers do? We manage a classroom? Yeah. That's it. Right? That's, that's, what, that's what a lot of people view what we do. A lot of people view what we do as... Uh, you know, just managing the classroom. But it's so much deeper than that. So I put managing the classroom at the bottom here, right? Um, we make connections. We make those connections person to person, whether it's us to our students, 
to our colleagues, to the families of our students, right? To the families of our students, to the other community members around us that we're serving. Dr. Indin talks about having a hype man, right? Having that person in your class that can hype you up, that can, that can big you up, but also they can take that stage. They need to be taking that stage. You need to be able to push it off. It's not just you. That's what great MCs can do. Right? We, we know some great hype people. Right? We, we know Slip Star. We know Flavor Flav. And, and what they do is they make everything bigger. They increase the energy. So when I have a student that says, oh, can I go into a separate breakout room and help some students here? I'm, I'm doing my job to the fullest. That's, that's my hype man right there. He's saying, you know what, I can take some of this off of you. I, I can handle some of this. This is what you're helping me to do. This is what you're, you're making us able to do. You're getting us ready for this. We have to make connections. We move crowds. We move crowds physically, and we move crowds emotionally. But we can only do that if we have those connections in place. So we're looking at an order here, right? We talk about managed classrooms all the time, books and books. You go in that first, first week of school and they talk about, this is what you need to do to manage your classroom. Okay, wait, wait a minute. Have we talked about the connections that we're going to make? Are we, are we thinking about trauma-informed teaching versus drama-informed teaching? That's one of my big things. Trauma-informed teaching is important and it's real, right? We need to make sure that, that we, are, we are preparing ourselves and our environment for our students, no matter what they are going through, we need to recognize that. Drama-informed means you're listening to that teacher that's like, oh, you got so-and-so? Oh, no, this is going to be a rough year for you. No, 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 no. Let me make my connections, okay? You take, you take your energy elsewhere. Let me make my connections so that I can move this crowd. And then we master our craft and our content. Everybody's an MC. If y'all, I bet there's like a million MCs in here. If you're an MC, just like shout that in the chat. I bet there's a million, right? Anybody that used to go to open mics or shows, you know, like the, the whole crowd would be MCs at a hip hop show. And so, in a world like that, think about the teaching profession like that, right? Where there's so many teachers, but the teachers that are about that work, that are about mastering our craft, about mastering our content, and making sure that that content and craft are where they need to be. That's, that's where we need to be, right? Then we get all those things in line. Guess what we're going to have? That's what we have classroom management. Know what I'm saying? That, that's, that will come. That will come if all of this is aligned. Um, I'm not paying attention to time else. So I, I, I feel like I'm flying. I hope I'm, I hope I'm okay. But this is what I wanted to ask y'all. What moves you? Because if we recognize that we need to move our students physically and emotionally, we need to understand what, what moves us. So I, I know I'll keep asking, I'll go to the chat. I hope somebody saves the chat. I hope there's some, there's some good chunks in here. Um, I want you to respond to one of these statements. I am moved by what? And now that you've sat in here, this is why I'm glad I'm last. Now that you've been in here and you've had all of this wisdom poured on us, all of this perspective, right? What are you moved to do? So I am moved by, you can answer both. You can answer both. Or you can answer the one that, you know, the one that hits you. I am moved to, I am moved by. And I'm out of your, I'm out of your hair shortly, but I'm just curious about this. I just. That can be a powerful moment of reflection. 
when we think about what moves us, we think about what those motivators are, and then it goes to what are we going to do? What are we going to do now? What am I moved to do? I think there's a lot of people that are moved because there has been so much power in this Zoom, but what are we moved to do and then this, this is this is the trajectory that I see for, for a lot of people. I think this is an important trajectory. And then I'm, I'm out of your hair, y'all. We can invite hip-hop into the classroom. We can invite it in. We can listen to it. We can invite an MC to share with our students. We can share something, uh, you know, that, that we like about it. We can invite it in. That's the, that's the first step, though. If we're talking about teaching like an MC, the second step is that you have to embody it. We have to embody all of those aspects that an MC is, all of those aspects that, de 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 that define a master of ceremonies, that define, define uh, someone who can move the crowd, that define a mic controller. We have to embody those and be it. And then the last step, which we can't, we can't stop at embodying it, we have to embolden our students to do that too. Once we embody it, we have to embolden our students to do it. That's where the being piece comes in. We have to be it. And so we have to show them that we can be it in order to embolden them to be it as well. And y'all, uh, that's, that's my time. I, I, I could have gone 10 minutes. I'm not, I have no concept, but thank y'all for listening to me. I really appreciate it. I'm going Thank y'all. Well, Tony, the good news is now it is time for the cypher. So you're bringing us on in. And I think that, that one of the things I like that you just said is, you know, this whole, this whole concept of classroom management. An MC turns the classroom to manage versus a person manage. It's, it's the embodiment. It's the being. It's the seeing and the hearing and relating because I see B Styles right there and hit with his you know bounce and him listening. If you um have learned something today, if you came here and you're like, I had no idea that I was gonna be this inspired. I didn't know who HMH was. I'm here for Chris. I'm here for Tony. I'm here for Trey. I hope that you see the work that we're doing how important teachers are to us as a team at Teachers Corner and most importantly at HMH. So if you can shout out a word, some, how you're feeling right now, something that you've learned or taken away in the chat, um, especially for my good friend Tony. And I want y'all to know, like, aren't, aren't we just all lucky to be in the same space with each other? I think that that is what is so awesome. I kind of have these mixed feelings, Tony, that I've had a sneak peek at this cipher, and I've seen the individuals in this Zoom space, and I finally found Sean, and I think I just, I was like, Sean, you are fire, and I think Sean was like, who, who is telling me I'm fire? Because we haven't met. I trusted Tony and Chris to help us bring this cipher to life. A year ago, when Chris and I worked on something with my with Alex, who's behind the scenes producing, we created a literacy at work with um, 
Lotus Lux, and um, we did a lot on with Chris on and did a cipher. And from there, I was like, love seeing those students um, in their cipher with Chris. I was like, but I want to see the teachers in C and hear them. So, Tony, take us into our cipher, take us into our end, and it'll roll right into the final words um, with Chris. Word, word. Peace again, everybody. Um, yeah, so. Uh, the the book for white folks to teach in the hood and the rest of y'all too. Um, it is it, it, I haven't been haven't taught already for years and years and years, right? And then and then finding the finding uh, Dr. Denon and finding finding the book. Um, it was so refreshing and, and nourishing. And one of my favorite things that I took from that was his discussion of uh, cogenerative circles, right? And, and and how he relates them to uh, to the hip-hop cypher. And so it's that sense of, uh, not just the sense of, but it's the act of creating community and creating these collaborative spaces where, you know, it's, it's not just us speaking, right, but it's, it's a sharing. And so for those of you that have been in a, in a, in a hip-hop cypher before, maybe outside of a show, maybe it was a lunchroom banging on the table, um, you know, for, for this event, we wanted to give you um, as much of that feel as we could, keeping in mind, you know, the limitations of the virtual space. So, uh, so Dr. Inden and myself, we, you know, we recruited some incredible, incredible educator MCs, and uh, we put a little something together for y'all uh, based on the topics that we covered. And so, shout out because I'm not sure if they're all still here, but I know uh, we got Janice Johnson. We got Sean Mosey, we got Ryan Parker, um, and, and myself. And so uh, I, I think they, I think y'all have the video. Um, so that's that's my my throw to it. I want to see everybody beat. Get your shoulders into it. Yo, yo, real quick, y'all. First of all, these are the dopest beat the MCs you're gonna find. Like these are actual educators, first and foremost. You know what I mean, like. This is not like, this is not like, we didn't get no ringers. Like, hold up, before you play the video, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Before you play the video, the actual educators in the classroom doing the work. That's number one. Number two, on production, is Jay Rawls. Jay Rawls, who's produced for Most Def and, um, and Kwali, who's produced for Sadat X. Like, so we got, and, and Jay Rawls is also an educator, also part of the hip-hop ed community. I, I, so I'm just going to, Flex real quick and talk about this is my family um, of educators, hip hop artists, also on the beat, spitting bars in the cycle. Just I, I just want to put that out there real quick. That's all.
Coming all my authenticity, nobody feeling me, telling me to tone it down, keep up the energy. Same group of folks pushing cultural identity, claim to be both modern day and academy. It's imperative to link with the brethren, break bread, get fed, learn about heritage, take it to the classroom, remind them of their excellence. Already got it in them, they just gotta walk in it. They just gotta walk in it. I've been an activist before with a trend, homie. In my classroom, every second I stand, homie. My civil rights act fighting against the legacy that stems from the system of education I left for me. Woo. I hope you all let me know. A lot of work that you want to some help is busy, let me low. I'm trying to make a fight, but I'll be silent, low. To bring the spirit back to all the students with the burden zone. And if we're bringing them back, we need to hope for something better. Let's be giving them that. We got real issues that we need to address. And you can see the young people, they've been feeling stressed. Gotta help them learn the way that they can talk about it. Self-awareness so important, never walk without it. Problem all too clear. We need to solve it. Where them always try to get the class involved with. Okay, back around, evolve, and it's a fact. We adapt, we in fact evolve and see. The pedagogy's either people or not, equal or not, equitable and free or shot. So we working with it and leave it apply. Leave it as new to old rules, get rid, please. Believe it or not, we MCs, teaching an impact for centuries. No more whitewashed textbooks or histories. This is an open invitation to the site for y'all. Writing as a way we can enlighten and to fight for y'all. Yeah. We'll see y'all in the next one, right? Peace. I feel like you gotta put your feels out there in the chat. I feel like Tony, some people are like, what? Um, these are teachers? I just can't imagine. Um, the walk-up songs that are in y'all's head as you walk into class, like you want, you want me, you want me as your teacher. Um, that is just so dope, so fire. Want to give a shout out to Kimberly Alfred out there. I don't know. I want to know what your background is. That Brianna Taylor, like your background, has been speaking to me. Yeah, I do that with all my students. Like I have, I change my backgrounds up, um, like pretty much every week, or like, and they pay attention. Then they start changing their backgrounds. Representation matters all the time. Totally, but, but your smile. I just want, I want to talk with you more. So you know, I hope that y'all been knowing how to follow us, and you see us, um, and you, I want, I want y'all to tell us the truth. Y'all didn't know that. Um, HMH was this cool. I mean, some of y'all need to admit, some of y'all did not know. You just thought we were a publisher. You didn't know what we're out here looking to do and amplify the teacher in you to be your authentic self, love your work, love your your students, and just feel like I am awesome. So I'm blessed. And I am so blessed, Tony. If you want to say some of those last words, in, um, bring it back to Dr. Emden. Um, you're going to see how to follow us, and then I'll come back and close out just so you can know how to continue to share and follow um, and just keep with all the good vibes and good feels. So, Tony? Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll be quick with it. Um, you know, I, I, as I said before, I feel, um, I feel so fed. And I feel like it is, uh, I am emboldened by all of the folks that are, uh, that are in attendance here, that are all over the chat, 
you know, you know we, we are we are celebrating each other here. There's no uh, there, there's no stars, right? Like I think I think most people came here knowing who Dr. Inden is, right? But I think the 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 message and the takeaway is that this is this is so big, and this is all of us. And I, I I love that. I love that that's something that you know that I can uh, I can have on me, right? Like we we are MCs in the classroom. That knowledge of self is something that we hold on to. Pedagogy is protest, and all all of that is, is happening at the same time. So um, I feel I feel lighter. I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna walk out of this like wanting to uh, you know throw on a couple tracks. So I need to throw on that black star again. Thank you, DJ Farah, right on time. Um, and yeah, no, I'm I'm looking very much forward to um to Dr. Endem putting some some magic words in because I feel like I'm just this is as it's coming in my head. So the doc. Yo, beloved, uh, I just wanted to thank you all so much for kicking it with us. And um, I want to also give a shout-out to HMH. HMH has given us the opportunity to have the community convene. Like, it's a free PD, you know what I mean, just to get the, just to get the community together. Um, before I go, though, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring, um, you know, my, my brother in the work and my brother in, in faith, Tim Jones, on. We had him scheduled right now. He had to drop a little something light on us. Um, so we're going to let Tim, you know what I mean, give us a little something, something, and then I'll close this out, and then we'll be done for the day. So, Tim, where you at, bro? Check, check. I'm right here, fam. What's good? So, in, in the spirit of, of teaching as an MC, I'm an MC. He also became a teacher and also ordained as a preacher. If Farrell give me a beat, I'm going to give you some lines just to reach you. If the beat doesn't come, I just do an acapella, but I hear that beat coming, so let's do this together. Okay. Okay. Sometimes when you hear an MC freestyle, you wonder was it written and it lasts for a while. The goal of the game is to give you a free that really sat down with some ill psychology or a strategy. Flow never raggedy. People want to come on, but don't come after me. Bomb is just lit and a fuse explosion. Every time I rock, I got your whole mind open. Steadily, the thoughts that I give you are provoking. People want their wise words constantly spoken. Coming off the edge with the top and it's hip hop. Every time I rock, octagon sign that stop green light. Go in with the flow. Imagine us zoom streaming for the show. Just collect the dough, but the bag is free. Lyrically, I told y'all I'm an MC. Sometimes people just watch and keep waiting. Constantly, the skills got you all just debating. Wise legend laughing, I just say creating. Sometimes I stutter, just so you know. This is tripping off the top with the style that I know. I make mistakes on purpose. Measure up, worthless. I'm equivalent, perpendicular, right? Every time I rock on this lyric, it's a mic. Everybody wanna do their Thing to come along, we could freestyle. Imagine us making songs when you talk an MC style as a teacher. Where is the hook and the crowd gonna reach you? Are your students coming with their hands in the air? Students coming in the class, do they really care? Do your beat have a hook or for your lesson? Every time I rock, I'm steadily progressing. The last line I write was the last line I wrote, and every time I rock, you can gather for the quote. The chat box live and reactions going up. Pass it just to Chris, I'm about to blow it up. Peace. All right, so look, look, that was fire. And I, I just be clear, there's a half a second delay, and he still was on beat. That's that's a whole other level. You know what I mean? And I I, I see I see EMP leaving the building. Ian, you, you want to drop something, beloved? Yo, if you keep that beat going, you know I'll go. That's all. All right, let's do it. <laughs>
Celebrate my family. Um, I want to. I want to send a very particular shout out um, to two folks. One, the OG Sandy Hicks Harper. A lot of folks do hip hop education work now, and it's, it's kind of gotten involved. Uh, the OG was a, was when she was a professor at Howard University in the eighties and nineties. Was pushing this work with a hip hop development framework, thinking deeply and profoundly about all the things that we're just considering now. And, uh, you know, she's a legend in this work, and she joined us today. So I want to give a special shout-out um, to the OG Tandy Hicks Harper. We see you, Elder. We love you. We appreciate you. I couldn't close this out um, without creating space for you um, to, to share your words. There's nothing that I could say that you have not thought about, said, or considered. So I'm going to give my time up for you to give us and close us out. First of all, this is phenomenal. This is this is how I look on a Saturday. So you got the real me. This is authentically me. No eyelashes, no makeup, no lipstick. This is authentically me. And we've been talking about authenticity today. And real self. So everybody, Chris, Ian, my son, Tim, the work that you are doing is not only creating, but extending this movement beyond anybody's expectations. I'd like to really, really thank HMH because I've never heard of you before. So I want to thank you for bringing this platform for all of us to be the benefits of what all of us are really doing. Hip Hop Ed, you are definitely, you are on the move. You feel my spirit. You talk about where the inspiration comes from. You talk about why I even get up in the morning, why I even do what I do. It's because of Hip Hop Ed. It's because Hip hop can educate, and we have to keep this movement going. We have to constantly lift it up at all times. We got to keep publishing. And if we don't publish it, publish, we are of the oral traditions. Like Chris said, and like I've been saying for probably 50 years, we are contemporary griots living in America and throughout this nation. We have to storytell. I mean, the sister Victoria. I mean, love and seeing the energy of our young people. The brother, I think it was Trey. I can't even remember all the names. I just remember the dope jewels. So we have to continue to stay on this mission. We have to be nonstop in our efforts to keep doing it. And I just love just being in the loop. I just love continuing on this on this road of excellence. We got to build policy. We have to... Whew, whew, whew. Love, you, love you, OG. Love you, OG. I couldn't close this out without giving you space. Thank you for your wisdom and your guidance, your thoughtfulness and your foresight. And uh, may we do what, what you started, um, justice, and bring more light and energy to it. And final closing, you know, listen, y'all, Hip Hop Ed is a nonprofit organization. We ain't asking y'all to fund nothing right now. 
Uh, shout out to HMH for the support. But, you know, we got members of our family really moving to, to, to change the game. Uh, my brother, M.P. Levy, the, the last MC, you know what I mean? White boy MC with the bars, um, has a podcast out on the Hip Hop Ed Podcast Network uh, called the Lunchroom Cypher Podcast. Please check that out. Um, Hip Hop Ed is a, is, has a Hip Hop Ed Podcast Network. So we're working on some other podcasts so you can get this kind of heat whenever you want. Any 20 minutes here and there to go listen to some jewels. Um, and um, shout out to, you know, um, Victoria Richardson was actually a winner of our Science Genius competition a couple years back. And to see her from a high school student to a college student to a grad school student to an educator and to a leader in education has made my heart so full. Uh, shout out to Veronopoli. Everybody who joins us on the Hip Hop Ed chat. Um, and then finally, yo, cop that Ratchetdemic. I'm going to drop the link in that. I put, I put my heart and soul into this book, y'all. And, um, you know, sometimes when you, when, you, um, when, you, when you do something and it's the embodiment of your whole soul, you, you never know how it's going to be received. You know, you, you, know, you know, for white folks came out and they did what they're supposed to do. And then I was like, you know, I really pushed on this thing. And so I, 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 just, I just hope the community knows that it's my heart. It is the embodiment of us. Um, it's on pre-order, so please pick that, pick, pick that joint up. Join Hip Hop Ed every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern on Twitter for the conversation. Um, join HMH. You know, these big companies don't support cats like us like that. They created this space for a free PD. Um, check out Hip Hop Teacher Corner. Check out the, check out the Hip Hop Teacher Moves videos. Um, and, and I'll close out saying in love, solidarity, and in hip hop, you know, let's go out there and be educators and change the world. Peace. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Um, so, Alex, if you'll bring up our closing side, side, I, Candace, I say dang it all the time. Dang it. I can't believe this is already over. Um, I, w I can't wait till we can be in the same room with each other somehow. Um, that's what I'm working towards. That's what we're working towards. Um, I, I know watching y'all's faces, you took something from today. You're you're out here. I want to just share. Um, get that Ratchetemic book from Chris. Keep inspiring. One of the exciting things is, is we have Hip Hop Teacher Moves at HMH. If you're on our Ed platform, you have this. And you might not have even known it, but you have access to um, Chris's pedagogy and the teacher um, the hip hop teacher moves video series. Second, um,